Hey guys, and welcome back to the Biblical Woman Podcast. I'm Kat. And I'm Nicole. Our next heresy. This mm. is also a very unpopular one. Um, right, but we right. need to trigger warning, trigger warning. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I had to give one for the Enneagram, and we got to give one for this, too. Yeah, this one, oh boy, this is a, a big one, a really prevalent one. Absolutely. <laughs> And sadly, there's a lot of denominations and ministries and Bible teachers that have fallen prey to this heresy, and that is egalitarianism. And what we're going to talk about is egalitarianism, complementarianism, and hyper-complementarianism. You're like, Kat, what are those words? Those are some pretty (laughs) big words. Let's define them. Let's start with egalitarianism. What is that definition? It is the belief in human equality, especially with respect to social, political, and economic affairs, or a social philosophy advocating the removal of inequalities among people. That's Mm -hmm. the secular definition. For Christianity, the definition for that, it is a theological belief that God created men and women equally. However, there is no difference in gender roles. And typically how this manifests itself is the belief that women can be pastors and can hold positions of authority within the church. And roles within the marriage and the church are based on ability and not gender. So that is egalitarianism. The flip side of that is complementarianism. This is the view that holds that masculinity and femininity were created by God as meaningful distinctions that are indicated by different roles. And when they are embraced, they lead to the uh, best possible spiritual well-being for believers. Typically, this manifests itself with, you know, the father being the head of the family The elders and pastors and any other position of authority within the church are held by men. A husband is to love his wife like Christ loved the church, and women are supposed to be submissive to the husband as the church submits to Christ. And before we jump into any of what I just said, I want to highlight that both of these approaches view men and women equal in value to God. So we're not debating who is worth more to God. They both approaches say that men and women are of equal value to God. However, what we are talking about is what exactly are the roles of men and women and what does the Bible have to teach about that? So I just want to be very clear with that. Yeah. So (laughs) as you guys can see why this might be a very big uh, point oh, for yeah. a lot of women's ministries. And I don't know about you, Nicole, but I think we should start with the Bible verses first. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's always a really good, a good place to go. And we do have um, several that, you know, that we can mention because the Bible does talk about this, you know, anything that we have a question about in life, like there's no, nothing that the Bible doesn't answer when it comes to these things. And so let's just start with um, Genesis 2.18. The Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. 
And I just think it's interesting that up until this point in scripture, the beginning of Genesis, God had said everything was good. Like he was making all the stuff and he said it was all good. And then he made Adam and then he says, it's not good for the man to be alone. And so I think that's just kind of a cool thing. And so he says, I'll make a helper suitable for him. And so that's kind of like our first picture of God intended when he made man and woman. Yes. Well, and then we can turn to the famous passage of Ephesians 5. And just to pull out a couple verses, let's mention verses 22 through 25, which says, Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Whew. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody loves that Ephesians 5 passage, man. <laughs> Some hard stuff. You always know it's going to be a good Sunday morning when the pastor says, we're going to talk about Ephesians right. 5. <laughs> but... The final passage is 1 Timothy 2, 11 through 13. And that says, A woman should learn in quietness and full submission. I do not permit a, a woman to teach or to assume authority over a man. She must be quiet. For Adam was formed first, then Eve. Yes. I love that we have... Um... The verse from Genesis, and then which is first book, second chapter of the whole Bible, and then we have a verse from First Timothy, which is New Testament, and it's going back to that foundational verse in Genesis. That in that verse from Timothy, it does not talk about a woman's ability. It's not about that. It yeah. is about the order of creation. For Adam was formed first, and then Eve. You're right. It's not about ability. It's about the order of creation. It's about the gender differences. What we see here is that women are not permitted to teach or assume authority over men. And a lot of popular false teachers that are women will teach men. They will assume these positions of authority over over men. And that is in direct violation of scripture. I want to give some grace in talking about this because I know some women can get these theologies confused. And a lot of the times this misunderstanding is situational. And I'd like to address two really common situations in which women might accidentally identify as egalitarian, but they're really not. Situation number one is the unmarried mama. Mm. And in this situation, you are the spiritual leader of your house. You know, you are serving God by being intentional with your children, witnessing to them, trying to raise them in a godly way, in a way that brings him honor. You are submitting to Christ as your head. That is not egalitarianism. That is complementarianism. That is what we want to be. And in your search for your husband, the conversation of biblical roles should be one that you have with a potential spouse. You know, can you Ephesians 5 with this man? Does he exhibit positive qualities of leadership? 
And the flip side, can he Ephesians 5 with you? Yes. I love how you said that question. That's fantastic. I'm feeling that. I'm going to use that with my clients. Be like, girl, can he Ephesians 5 with you? (laughs) We'll coin that term. Yes. Amazing. (laughs) But the... But you should definitely ask these types of questions. And then when you get married, he does need to assume the role of spiritual headship over the household and over you. But just because you are an unmarried mom and you are leading your children and trying to be intentional in raising them in a godly way does not mean you are in violation of scripture. Not at all. And I just want to point that out. Yeah, and and also kind of with that, you know, teaching kids, like that's one thing. Like the Bible, the verse that you just read from, you know, First Timothy, it's talking about that a woman shouldn't have authority over a man. You know, a five-year-old boy, an eight-year-old boy, like they're a boy, they're not yet a man, you know. And so I think it's important to make that, dis- there, that distinction too. Well, I like the fact that you brought up man. Because situation two involves an unsaved spouse. So what should a Christian wife do with an unsaved husband? How do we handle that with regards and respect to what the Bible has to say about marriage and biblical gender roles? Before I answer that, I want to point out that this is really, really common. And my heart goes out to all of these women who are in this situation, just we as the church need to surround them with love and encouragement and support. It's a rough situation. Either of these situations can be rough. Mm -hmm. And I want to address how the unsafe spouse does not violate the complementarian position of scripture. So we have the saved wife and we have the unsaved husband. We have to notice that because the husband is unsaved, he is not the spiritual head of her. Christ is still the spiritual head of her. And as she is a Christian, she is submitting to Christ. And she is intentionally witnessing to her husband. She is praying for him. And she is doing her best to raise her children in a godly way. She is submitting to God in everything. She is allowing her speech and her actions to reflect her transformed heart. Her hope and our hope as the church is that the unbelieving husband will repent and be saved and then assume his role as the spiritual head and the spiritual leader within the home once he becomes a Christian. Right. But yeah, that's those are two situations in which I wanted to highlight that sometimes we can get these two ideas, these two theologies confused And it's a misunderstanding of the situation. As a Christian woman, if you are in either of these situations, that it's not sinful. And I want to pray for you and encourage you in these to be intentional with your children, to be intentional with your unsaved husband. I think it was just important to highlight those two situations. Oh, yeah. I'm so glad that we hit on those because... Yeah, that is a, the situations for a lot of women. And yeah, I, th- I thought you did an amazing job of, of really speaking specifically to those situations and those answering that question of spiritual leadership in those situations. Thanks. Yeah. 
a lot of the times people who promote the idea that women can be pastors will throw out these two situations. Mm. What Nicole and I believe, and maybe I should have made this clearer earlier in this episode, was that we are complementarian and we do agree that the Bible teaches that there are biblical roles uh, for men and women that are based on gender. Yes. But at the heart of the idea of egalitarianism or, you know, the idea that women can be pastors is that they view the Bible as a book about social justice. We need to recognize that Christianity is not a social justice movement. We are not social justice warriors. And by taking the stance of egalitarianism, you know, we are diminishing the power of scripture and we are twisting its message entirely and making it a book about social justice. Preach. Yes. I love that. Yes. The Bible is not a book about social justice. It is not. It is about the gospel. It is about us as fallen, sinful creatures created by God. And the whole rest of the Bible after Genesis 3 is about the story of redemption and the gospel. It is not about social justice. And man, that is such a hot topic and a hot, you know, thing right now in our culture. Um, Because I thought even as you were reading just the definition of egalitarianism, like, yeah, everybody kind of jumps on board with that. Like, of course, yes, we want equality. We want people to be treated well. And the Bible teaches that, you know, right? And it's just, I've just seen this movement just take over the church where the message of the gospel is completely lost. And it does become all about this cultural reform, which is not what the Bible is about. You're right. Like there's just such a temptation to make Christianity and the Bible about social justice. And we've really, as the church, for some reason, embraced the idea of woke theology, which is really what this is. Mm -hmm. Uh, Woke theology is the embrace of the social justice movement and making that the central point of the Bible and the church and Christianity. Right. And that is like Nicole said, not at all the, the message or what we believe. And with egalitarianism um, within the church, I think a lot of that does go back to that feminist movement. You know, we've kind of talked about that before where it's kind of this idea of, you know, we think, well, okay, well, whatever a man can do, we can do, and we can do better. And the church has kind of taken that on when it comes to roles in the church and have allowed women in these positions of authority, of teaching, um, and of teaching men. And all in the name of, you know, equality and girl power, feminism, and whatnot. And the reality is that is contrary to what scripture teaches. The Bible is very clear about the roles of men and women. They are not based upon ability. They are based on the creation order and what God has set forth. Yeah. And I know that can be so hard sometimes, especially as a woman, you know, we might, we know, kind of want to get in our pride or protest or whatever and think that that's not fair. You know, I guess when you get to heaven, you can take that up with God himself. But, you know, anytime that we think that our ideas of 
these gender roles is better than what God has laid out. Like that is heresy and that is us trying to be like God. And when we say that, we're essentially saying like, uh, God, how you did it isn't quite working for me. It's I have a better way. And that's sin in so many different ways. I, you know, we have to just be very careful about that, of course. And you're right. It's hard for women to submit and it can be hard for men to lead. So it's hard for both Mm -hmm. genders in different ways, but it is the biblical model in which God has laid out and what he expects from us. And to divert from that path or that plan, it is sin. We need to be very mindful of that when it comes to listening to Bible teachers, listening to different ministries. If a women's ministry is promoting the idea that women can assume roles of leadership and authority over men, that is someone that you need to run away from. That is not someone that you need to listen to. Uh, Because going back to the different passages of scripture, it is a heresy. Yeah, we always have to know who we are and who God is. And he, in his sovereign decree, created us, male and female, and he gave us jobs. He gave us the roles that he did for his good purpose. And he is the creator and we are not. And that's just, that's what we have to rest in. And that's ultimately what we submit to. We are his creation. Absolutely. Like I said, I mean, feel free to take that up with him when you get to heaven. But I mean, I just think that when you're in the presence of God, this is not going to be the thing that comes out of your mouth. (laughs) You're not going to be really worried about the gender roles. I'm just saying. (laughs) But thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. And I hope that this was helpful for you. If you have any questions about anything that Nicole and I said, please feel free to send us a Facebook message. There's a form on our website where you can email us, so definitely feel free to use that. With every episode, we publish our show notes, so if you would like to go back and read them, please feel free to do so. We heavily research all of our episodes. The document that we have over all of these heresies is 14 pages long. That is just material. That is not references to our sources. It is just material. Like I said, if you have questions, please reach out to us. We are more than happy to answer them. The verse that I would like to close out our episode today with is 2 Timothy 3.16. And it says, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. 